Greetings, dear listeners. This week, Shadi and I sat down to discuss the horrible shootings in Texas and their political fallout. The murder of innocent children has the American people groping for answers, but the seemingly scripted discourse in the wake of such tragedies provides anything but solid answers. Are there really any viable legislative paths to prevent such things from ever happening again? And must everyone read the room at such moments? In part two, Shadi admits that he feels somewhat perplexed by swing voters. After all, who hasn't had time to make up their minds by this point, only to find out that I may in fact be one of those elusive voters myself. We go on to discuss our voting histories and wonder to what extent Republicans are more anti-democratic than Democrats. If you've not yet subscribed, head on over to wisdomofcrowds.live slash subscribe and become a paying member. We really appreciate your support. On to the show. Yeah, so I'm disconnected from America and its dramas because I'm in Croatia right now. Yeah, yeah. So what's it like over there now? I mean, I just got here, so I, I'm not exactly sure what it's like. <laughs> um, I, But I've spent like the week in Europe already. And yeah, it's it's only by like glancing at Twitter that I saw um that there's shootings in america and you know just sort of the, the the quizzical um sort of remarks of europeans about you know why is america such a violent place reminded me that in fact something bad had happened in america but yeah it's 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 weird to be in a completely different part of the world when something like that happens and it's uh i don't know it's a little disorienting i guess yeah so how would you describe the european response so like I don't know how prominent the news was in European newspapers, if it got the front page treatment and that sort of thing, but presumably it did get some coverage. And of course, here we're talking about um, the mass shooting that happened in Texas, um, where, what is it, 19? Uh, 19, sure yeah. Um, yeah, 19 kids and then uh, two teachers, I believe. Um, so... He, yeah, I mean, I guess they've seen this before. They know that we have a problem with school shootings. No, you know, it's, it's, how do I put it? It's um, like the whole thing is kind of like really predictable in the sense that, no, I don't mean predictable. I mean, it's scripted. And I feel like, you know, even now being far out from the United States, the reaction is scripted as well. And I feel like, you know, the, the, the you know, well-meaning Europeans, um, their, their reaction is, is, is scripted as well. It's, it's basically, uh, I don't understand America that it can happen, that this kind of stuff like keeps happening in America. And then in America, it's liberals say what Europeans say, like, you know, we're a civilized country and, you know, this happens far too much and what's wrong with us. Uh, we have to do something about it. And then, you know, conservatives sort of semi-disingenuously or very disingenuously, depending on how you want to frame it, you know, just sort of either wring their hands about uh, the Constitution or the Senate or, you know, uh, the right to bear arms or uh, sort of all of it. And then, I don't know, you just sort of get this kind of I don't know. It's all scripted. It feels scripted. I feel like I feel like we've gone through this before, and uh, 
I don't know. I, I'm just sort of left making bitter, bitter jokes, I guess, you know, in private, not 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 on podcasts or on Twitter, um, you know, things like. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. There is a sense that nothing really. Yeah. That. Yeah. Oh, did you, were you about to say one of them? Yeah, I was. The bitter. I, the bitter joke. Better not, though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, oh, no. Is it no. cancelable? No, I mean, it's, it's. I don't know. Uh, it's probably worse than what, what, what got Matt Iglesias in trouble. No, I just sort of something along the lines of. Oh, wow, of, wow. No, I mean, it's something along the lines of saying, you know, you just sort of paraphrase what some Republican somewhere might, might say, something along the lines of freedom ain't free. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no, but people say crazy. I mean, there are really crazy comments that it's hard to know, like, what level of self-awareness there is with some conservative commentators and politicians. It seems that some of them actually think that one way of addressing school shootings is by not having less guns, but having less doors. I don't know if you've seen... I, I don't want to say like the memes, but like that's it's it's kind of like at a level of absurdity that is just like remarkable. Oh, wait, wait, like what, really? That's what you have to say? What happens with doors? I like <laughs> it, walk me through this. I think I I saw something, but I, I don't think I, I fully followed, and I I wasn't concentrating. Yeah, yeah. So they're saying we basically, if I can paraphrase, they're saying we don't have to have less guns. That's not the solution. Sure. The solution is less doors in schools. Like don't the one, you, like a one door policy, and then what happens with less? And that doors? way, shooters can only. Well, if there's only one door. Then presumably, that door would be monitored. You might have like an armed guard, something of something along those lines, and then you wouldn't have alternative entry points into the school. Hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Could work. No, but it just it's it's one of these weird things where instead of like actually addressing the root of the problem and maybe here's where I just end up being a standard run of the mill conventional center left analyst. So I, there are a lot of issues that I don't I don't have original or heterodox views on. My views are like, yeah, gun control seems reasonable. This yeah. seems like it's common sense. Um but that's also partly because um I've never um Never shot a gun, never held a gun. Yeah. I believe you have. I have. Because, um, um, yeah. yes, because... Um, you shouldn't, we because were, once um, you do, you just become, like, so enamored of them, and you just, like, defend... Wait, is that what happened to you when <laughs> oh you felt... Um, oh when my... when you put your finger on the trigger? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it changed me profoundly. No, no, no. I mean... <laughs> well, you know, there, there is this great Beatles song, um, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Yes, I remember it. I, I never really spent enough time with it to actually ponder what the hell he's saying. Is is is, is he serious? <laughs> no, I don't think it's literally about guns. I think it's a metaphor. Hmm. As much poetry I can check as, it out right yeah. now. No, I mean, if you okay. want. I don't know. No, but okay, before we, before we get into the yeah. Beatles, though, and then, you know, we degenerate into fights over the Beatles, which... I mean, maybe it's it's more useful than <laughs> arguing about guns. And I don't really even have an argument about guns. But, um, yeah, look, uh, the maybe the, the most striking thing to me is it seems like the cops are too cowardly to go in. Um, and I don't know. I, I, I've been sort of thinking about that today uh, in anticipation of our conversation. Um, what that maybe tells us about something. Uh, does it does it? Does that strike you that 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 the cops were not willing to go in? 
to me that 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 seems wild and i mean a certain kind of i don't know decay that that you know are the people that are supposed to be doing this that are armed to the teeth like swat and everything else or you know have their own guns are not willing to go challenge a guy that comes in with a lot of guns i mean that in and itself flies in the face of the uh of the the sort of conservative argument for you know guns can save us from guns or something like that but more than that it's just something along the lines of you know you're saying you don't have sort of heterodox analyses and you just sort of have um basic ideas about this which is you know let's limit let's do gun control which i think is sound enough right i mean i even saw some some statistic or some chart pointing to the uh correlation which may not be causative, but a correlation nonetheless between when the uh, assault rifles ban was repealed and uh, the rise in, in sort of mass shooting. So, you know, maybe there's a correlation there and maybe you just sort of start going at assault rifles and just, you know, let people have pistols or whatever, but not not the full McCoy. But this, the, the, it really struck me something along the lines about the, that, you know, the, the cops didn't go in and... You know, again, perhaps some conservative arguments about like the, the breakdown of our society and trust and, well, fine, mental health. But just in general, it feels like, you know, if our cops are not willing to go in to basically lay down their lives for this kind of common cause, I feel like that's somehow indicative of, of a bigger thing, too. Is it? Well, or- the conservative the conservative reply to that, and I, this is not as common, but I think I've seen a couple people allude to it on Twitter that because of the... Um, anti-cop culture that liberals have promoted this is just me paraphrasing i don't Mm. actually buy this that cops are not as willing to be heroes and to put themselves on the line and they're always going to be more cautious now because they know that everything they do will be under scrutiny but i mean I I haven't even looked at the the picture of the guy that did the shooting. He's Hispanic, though, right? I mean, are they making the case that that since he's a minority, they didn't want to like be <laughs> no well, force? Presumably, the police didn't know he was Hispanic, right? I mean, I mean, I think I, didn't they catch a glimpse of him going in? Didn't wasn't there like some shootout outside before he went in, and started massacring? Possibly, or but then I mean, I I don't I haven't I don't know how I don't know exactly what he looks like, but you know. I doubt like the police are going to be like processing it like, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't I mean, know what the argument that would, is. That but... would be the conservative argument. <laughs> that's, this is what defund the police gets you. It's just that. And plus, <laughs> Black Lives Matter means, you know, you can't you can't. Yeah, that would yeah. be the argument in any case. Well, you know, so. No, so but, it's... But, but more about this. I mean, aren't you doesn't it strike you that, that like the cops weren't willing to go in? I mean, Arguments aside on this on this this spurious crap that that you know it's it's like the police. Look, I, look, I think I suppose it feeds into this idea that America is a failed state, which I think is sort of the narrative you know you're hearing more on the left side of the spectrum. Which actually brings us to what you mentioned earlier, Matt Iglesias' is now infamous tweet. Um, and just for context, because I think that here are some of the bigger issues and. I suppose it depends on how how you look at it. So Matt Iglesias tweeted the night you know after the mass shooting happened, a couple hours, a few hours after, I believe. He wrote, and it's interesting that he has not deleted this yet. He mm-hmm. apologized for it the following morning, and that can get us into an interesting conversation about should he have apologized and and so forth. But 
In his original tweet, he said, for all its very real problems, one shouldn't lose sight of the fact that the contemporary United States of America is one of the best places to live in, in all of human history. And there's a reason tons of people of all kinds from all around the world clamor to move here. So you can, I mean, um, well, but so, so walk, yeah, and he walk got, me, pill- yeah, mm. walk me through that shoddy walk, walk me through that. Cause I mean, I, I did catch wind of that. I think you and I exchanged a few texts and I was sort of, uh, uh, dismissive of the whole kerfuffle there, but, but I, I've been trying to sort of think about it. Obviously there's the question of, you know, taste, I guess. And, you know, maybe best not to, you know, I, insofar as people are, are shocked and grieving and all the rest of it fine you know maybe hold your fire on something like that but but it seems to me like the 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 amount of sort of pushback he got on that was tied to something more than just taste right or not such as well that 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 like he was not just bad timing in goring a sacred cow but it was the goring of the sacred cow that america's a failed state and that like you know it's like he's a he's a traitor to his side by pointing out that in fact by, I guess, you know, I guess one could say uh, most critically, like normalizing this sort of stuff. But, but, you know, I, I, I think it's, it's, it's one thing to, to deplore this kind of stuff. And it's another thing to, to pretend as if, you know, we haven't been living in this country for a really long time. Um, and with this, like, with this level of insanity, I don't know. I, I, I guess I just wasn't that outraged yeah. by it at all, at all. And, and, and okay, I just so wrote it off for being away. Mm. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you a story about that tweet. Mm. And I think that I alluded to it over text with you, but just so you know the full story, because I almost got myself in quite a bit of trouble and I have not commented or provided context on this in public. Mm. So you, dear listeners, are hearing this um, for the first time. So you have some inside information here. Woo. Yep. Do it. Okay, so he, here's basically what happened. And I know it sounds weird, especially for people who are on Twitter, like 24-7. But basically, here's what happened. Um, I think that from maybe around 4 p.m. on Tuesday, the day of the mass shooting, from 4 p.m. to like 8 p.m., I wasn't on Twitter at all. And I wasn't really online. And I wasn't aware of what was happening around me. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. The last I do remember seeing an, uh, like a New York Times notification that showed up on my phone. I don't I usually ignore them, but the one I remember seeing and it just vaguely registered with me was that two two people had been killed. Mm-hmm. So um, so I didn't even think about it much because unfortunately, and I hate to say this, I mean that has become a pretty regular occurrence in America that one or two people you know are killed in in various contexts in different parts of the country. Um, so then I'm meeting up with someone for dinner and it's like maybe 820 mm-hmm. and I have made the mistake of putting Twitter back on my phone. I don't usually have Twitter on my phone, which I think is a very healthy thing because you don't want to be tempted while you're waiting for a friend at dinner to just like go on Twitter for five minutes and like you, like there's probably more productive things you can do with the five to 10 minute gap, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But because I only had five to 10 minutes, I wasn't really paying much attention. The first thing I see on my feed is this tweet from Matt Iglesias. 
Okay. And he and I also see him making some he's replying to someone making some reference to the fact that he got ratioed and mm-hmm. he's doubling down mm-hmm. at this point. That's like really all I'm aware of. And I'm just like, oh, my God, the leftists are are like attacking Matt for like the most innocuous, banal tweet like imaginable. And I reread the tweet and I'm like, how are people getting so offended? I'm you know, there's you nothing there objectionable. Yeah. Yeah, that, I hadn't context, realized yeah. that that was the the context, and that Matt himself was using that as his context. That's why he tweeted it of at course. that particular time. Of course, you know, right? So, so I'm like, why is why are people freaking out about this? And I'm like, oh, is it the standard thing where leftists now they always want you to quote unquote read the room? And I'm like, and that really bothers me because I think first of all, um, you know. What if people aren't in the same room? Right. I've never really understood. Like, it's such an annoying um, thing to say to people. It's very patronizing. Oh, read the room. So it's not as if it's not about the factual accuracy. It's not about truth. It's about being aware of what the conventional wisdom is on your side and deferring to the tastes of the tastemakers, basically, right? Worse, Which I than, don't like, obviously. worse than that, though, right? I mean, it's it's sentimentality, or not sentimentality, but the sentiments of the room, like to not offend people. It's more than just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't want to cause offense. Yeah, right. exactly, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, then I, so I quote tweet, Matt, and I say something like, I, you know, I've reread this twice now, and this is like the most banal and self-evident thing one could possibly say, blah, 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 something along those lines. Mm. And then I start seeing people attacking me, and then I'm starting to get more, like, to become more aware. There's been this entire debate that's been going on for like four hours that I'm just finally plugging into, and I'm trying to catch up. Mm. And, you know, at that point, you so eventually I could see, oh, wow, shit, it wasn't just two people who were killed. This is one of the worst mass shootings in recent American history um, at a school where children are being targeted. Like this is this is like a very shocking development. Um, And it's like the defining issue on Twitter and everyone is basically so everyone's commenting on that one way or the other. Yeah. Okay, so I have a I have a choice at this point. I can either double down, which is what Matt did. Yeah. After getting attacked, he just kept on going justifying himself. And I mean, technically, his tweet is accurate and true. Right. You know, it is it is true that the the contemporary United States of America is one of the best places to live in all of human history and there's a reason of tons of people from all around the world clamor to move here so we're not really having a debate about accuracy we are having a debate about the context in which you read something like that right but tell and, me what do you mean by context and and tell me how that's not reading the room and like what are we talking about I, so So I decided, like, I think maybe 10 minutes later after I caught up um, and and thankfully my uh, uh, the person I was meeting up with was late, which gave me enough time to correct my mistake. I mean, Mm. God forbid if I hadn't deleted those tweets Mm. Um, and I wouldn't have felt comfortable with that. Like, I, you know, I'm getting older. I unless there's no reason to double down on something, you know, you found you find out more context, you realize that something's in bad taste. And maybe this gets to your point. Should it matter that something is in bad taste? Um, and but I thought that, you know, 
at a time of national tragedy, you don't always have to say the true thing. It may be better to say the thing that respects where people are at and the fact that they're grieving. Yeah, yeah, no, no. And there's little to be gained by just restating a factual thing while everyone is is sad and they're contending with something that's very difficult to contend with. No, sure. So I just don't think it's appropriate. It's not an appropriate tweet. Like what Matt said, ultimately, I don't believe is appropriate well, for that context. So, so I think like I, I just want to sort of like pick that apart because there's there's bad yeah. taste. Um, there's rude. Um, and then there's something else which I'm sort of trying to pick at whether there's something else going on here. Um, which is this next step, which is that, uh, apart from being ill-timed and bad taste, uh, perhaps even rude, as you say, about, you know, a mode of national grieving, um, it's unhelpful for the fight that's to come. Um, because the only way to mobilize people is to convince them that, in fact, you know, we're living in a third world country. Um, and, uh you know, to sort of get them out of their seats to be more active. Now, I mean, I, I think it's delusional. Maybe I'm also part of the problem. I think it's delusional to think that activism will solve this uh, because I think it's tied up to, you know, broader culture war things. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure how I want gets to this. I, well, we can we can spitball on it. But I, I, you know, again, it's not my issue area. But I, every time I think about it, I, I, I run into sort of dead ends. But I wonder if that's what was part of it and that there was a, a sense of reading the room politically in the sense of that you were talking about earlier rather than mere bad taste on it. So that's why, I mean, I, I think it's good that Matt hasn't deleted the tweet uh, in the sense he apologized for the bad taste stuff, but he said, no, in fact, I'm not backing down on this idea that like we're a uniquely messed up place. Now, I mean, you know, perhaps this is unique in the world that we have this many mass shootings. Um, but I think the point stands, right? Uh, that, that, and, and, and I guess what bothers me about it is, well, bothers me, I'm not that bothered, but it, it's what's maybe like pushing me off from Twitter more and more is, um, is that Twitter has become this sort of weird like mass therapy space, you know? So where like people go to grieve and be comforted in current events by strangers they don't know and they weep and expect like again the crowd to somehow be their therapist or nanny or something like that and you know again i it's i, I have a very strong sense of propriety and rudeness and i would not want to be rude but there's something else i mean maybe i'm reading into it but again it's it just feels like this thing is like this constant therapeutic mode that twitter is on and that 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 Matt sinned both by, you know, not being enough of a therapist, or at least like partaking in the ritual, and on the other hand, also by, for political reasons, uh, that, that um, you know, he was undermining the broader cause, the fight for change or something like that. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. So, well, first of all, I think it's a bit trolly. So I don't know where that fits into your categorization, you know, Sure. In the bad taste spectrum or whatever. And I guess like I think that I I am trying just personally, if I if I tweet something and I feel like it might be perceived as trolling, I'm like I, I feel like 
that's not something I should be doing as much and I should be more, you know, self-policing in that regard. I mean, Matt is... Matt's more of um, no, no, he's not a troll. No, but I mean, part of his job, he's a hot take provider. That's a troll. Yes, he's a provider. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Anyway, go on. No, I mean, he always has to come up with like interesting, vaguely heterodox or actually heterodox opinions that annoy people and annoy people. Yeah, Yeah. and he has, you know, as as many people have commented, he he's sometimes an annoying personality on Twitter. That's not really, I mean, some people might see me as a hot take provider, um, and I have done hot takes in the past, in fact, Mm -hmm. but I also feel like I have a responsibility to my own position, so to speak, that I I just play a different role in the media ecosystem, Hmm. and that perhaps propriety is, is demanded more from someone like me than someone like Matt Iglesias, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, so there's also a question of positionality and what role we play in debates, right? But I think that your point about the politics of it is relevant too, that if we just keep on saying that America is still relatively awesome, which it is, that I think deflates our ability to act precisely as you said it leads to a kind of complacency that we have to accept things the way that they are so when we say after a mass shooting for all of its faults america's still awesome then i mean that that's not if we actually want action if we actually want change we have to be willing to say that there's something deeply wrong in our culture And it's weird to say that America is awesome and then in the next breath say there's something deeply and perhaps even uniquely wrong about our culture and our culture of violence and our gun culture more specifically. So we have to move away from the, oh, and I, you know, I do this all the, I mean, I do this because I really believe it. I I often will argue, don't lose sight of how amazing America is because I I do think America is an amazing country and I'm not going to apologize for believing that. And this gets to, I think, a broader thing that if Matt had tweeted that at any other time, he still probably would have gotten attacked a lot, not nearly as much as this. But even just to say something as, as, as I think, self-evident as this, you know, America's relative... Um, you know, awesomeness in the sweep of human history, I think that's become increasingly anathema to liberals and folks on the left in the last few years in particular, to be very open about your pride in America in this way and to say America's awesome, or even I love America, to say I love America is like a weird thing in liberal spaces now. You're not supposed to sound too patriotic because then you're not acknowledging the you know if america is a systemically racist country and if uh, if there if there was evil at our founding and of course there was but if you look at our founding as primarily an evil thing without looking at um you know the things that we should take pride in in terms of the ideals upon which our our country was founded upon then you know then you can't really then also say that America, I love America, because how do you love a country that has been evil since its founding? Or how do you how do you claim that you love a country that is systemically racist? There is a tension here, and I think this is a tension 
that is becoming more and more obvious in intra-left debates about the nature of America. I, isn't 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 the problem that the it's the nature of the critique ultimately? Because again, like you know, what's the problem? I mean, problem is nineteen dead children. That's the very concrete problem. Uh, what's the problem? Our culture of violence. Is it uh, lack of regulation on semi-automatic weapons that makes a crazy person more likely to do more damage than he would with armed with a knife or a uh, you know, a sword or, you know, maybe even just a pistol with six rounds in it. Um, is it, or is it some thing else, which I think it is when, what people mean it's by deeper, this fallenness, yes. but what they mean, no, it's no, deeper. but, but what, what the critique is, is that, that there's something more wrong than just that on, and that this gives us insight into it. I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure I agree. I, I, I wonder I well, wonder. I wonder whether. Hmm. I wonder whether all this is 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 actually just a fix that may also be out of out of reach, for um, reasons of culture war being tied to guns, lack of trust, and being unable to come to a, a legislative compromise, which would, you know, strictly limit uh, the uh, access to those kinds of weapons, but still allow people to. to own pistols and hunting rifles or whatever. Um, and, and then, you know, we'd be still a place that people go crazy and, you know, people get shot every so often, but like it would, the destruction would be a lot less and uh, maybe the numbers would go down, not to zero. We'd never have that kind of society, but I don't think that damns the society that we have like a non-zero number of homicides per year. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Like, I mean, well, this gets that frame is like hmm. profoundly unmoral. That's the technocratic criticism. Like we're fucked up and like there's something systemic in the way that we're set up. That's now feeding into the the culture war that makes it very difficult to even play these tweaking games anymore. And we're, we're going in a worse place that's exacerbating these things. But like my 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 instinct, I guess, is that like I, I don't think that that the moral case on this is actually very helpful at all. Uh, if anything else, it just takes us down further line of this of this silliness this like polarizing silliness well the moral case is important because i do think there's a place for moral outrage there has to i mean we can't be numb when we see these events in our own country there has to be some like I, what i worry about and i think we're all we've all fallen victim to this that we see something like this and we just kind of shrug our shoulders and say this is what we've become and we're never going to be able to be better and we just become like there there should be more outrage than the time before if this keeps on happening because outrage is what leads to political action if it's sustained and if it's carefully channeled but maybe we can debate that no but but I, let, I would but say let, hmm. let, 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 let me just hold before you go further and develop that just like just put a marker right there um okay what is it why do we think that we need to be sitting in, in like on sort of collective social spaces and grieving together and why do we think that leads to political action and sustained political action when in fact you know uh i think there's there's plenty to point to the fact that a bunch of people emoting on on social media are people who are actually not actually getting things done and actually aren't engaging in politics they're like they're they're engaging in 
political flatulence on on in, a, in an unreal space okay, in yeah, a forum. Sure. You know what I mean? So so you know it's it's I, I I'm I, I think that's what I'm latching onto. What's bug, bugging me about this is that yes, Iglesias was rude and unpleasant, you know, on on brand, um, and he uh, uh, said some stuff that nevertheless impinged on this ritual of mass grieving, which we've now mistaken for political activism. And it's nothing of the sort. How's that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And when I talk about anger and outrage and I talk about it being channeled effectively, I'm thinking more um, people organizing on the local level, people punishing their local representatives who don't take gun control seriously. That I mean, ultimately, because I believe in the democratic process, I believe there's only one way to address problems like this, mm. which is people need to actually vote for different representatives who reflect these concerns. That's what has to happen on a national level. That's where people should be channeling their anger. But I totally agree that if people just emote on Twitter, that's useless and often even counterproductive. So, but I, But local action is not going to happen unless there's a real sense that this time has to be different. Like sure. people, and there's a gap. You have to yeah. go from from point A to point B, and there's a lot that happens in between. But on the on the broader point about like the deeper culture, I'm reminded, of course, of Sam, our friend Sam Goldman's um, excellent article last year about, and this is just a paraphrase, and maybe I'm extrapolating a little bit, but you know, he makes the argument something along the lines of America is the richest, most successful third world country right. in modern times, that ultimately we are not comparable to, quote unquote, civilized democracies in Europe or Australia or other places that have gotten their act together when it comes to mass shootings. Australia and Britain, you know, did have mass shootings um you know, in recent decades, but then very quickly and effectively were able to introduce legislation that, uh, you know, that seems to have been relatively successful in terms of limiting access to guns and so forth. Um, so we, we look at these countries, and of course, we look at Western and Central Europe, where they've been, you know, much more effective, um, and, ha- and many of these countries haven't really had, you know, much trouble with mass shootings. Um, and... Um, we ask ourselves, why can't we be like that? But we're we're making the wrong comparison. We are not like Europe. Yeah, we're basically a very rich Latin American country. Right, right. Yeah, it's a great essay. No, but 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 here's the here's the <laughs> thing. Do you think? Do you think? Um, because the other thing that that I think they just got uh, voted down. Did I see that headline correctly? I was I was I was on the plane today, so I was just you know, uh, catching sort of glimpses of, of things. Um, did I see the headline that the uh, uh, the vote on the uh, domestic terrorism bill went down? Or maybe the numbers aren't there and it's not coming up for a vote? Uh, have you been yeah, following this Yeah, I saw that, but I haven't followed it. I, yeah. yeah, no, I haven't. Do you have a sense of what the debate is there? Well, the debate is, you know, again, it's it's become uh, completely uh, polarized on, 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 you know, partisan culture war lines. Uh, that basically conservatives feel that, you know, the provisions in this bill are going to uh, be used to, you know, I don't know, uh, find used against them one way or the other. But the 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 thing that that's jumped out at me more in it is that uh, 
you know, instead of approaching these issues uh, through the the uh, the narrow way of like let's limit assault weapons, let's figure out ways, you know, legislatively to put an end to this and maybe like build a real consensus on a national level against assault weapons. Um, this domestic terrorism stuff had a lot of sort of creepy surveillance stuff in it, and this is why I, I was thinking of you and what you were saying. I mean, channeling Sam on the one hand, Sam was uh, Sam was was um, being very clever about the Latin America thing. But uh, the other part is, is that, you know, we actually don't surveil our people as much as I think other, other quote unquote advanced, quote unquote normal, quote unquote, have their shit together societies. Um, and there's a push to do that now, perhaps out of frustration that we can't get our, a handle on guns. So we're going to do more surveillance and try and find people. Uh, but there's that, you know, and, 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 Again, I, I think that there's that to me is the natural kind of policy prescription that comes out of uh, an idea that our society is fallen, depraved, ill, sick, that we need to like take drastic measures of you know surveilling our citizenry to be able to find the cancer and eradicate it before you know bad shit happens or something like that. That's a bad metaphor, but you know what I mean, like and and. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I, I think that's why I still am sort of very sympathetic to, to Matt's argument, even if it was, you know, ill-timed and offensive, because, because there's, something, there's something off in how we're talking about all of this. And again, I, 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 I dabble and, you know, read the requisite handful of articles every time there's one of these really telegenic horrors uh, that happen. Um, but I, 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 I'm just increasingly with every outrage more and more convinced that the way we talk about it is also taking us to a worse place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, maybe this is a naive question for me to ask, but, and maybe I'm missing something here. Hmm. What does this most recent mass shooting have to do with domestic terrorism? Oh, I don't know. I think this t domestic terrorism bill was ongoing. Um, and, but what uh, does it have to... So then what's it, the connection? The connection wasn't to this one. It was to the one in... Was it the Buffalo shooting? Oh, that the was, Buffalo. And, yeah, last week. And so week, it's tied yeah. to that, uh, or at least was being pushed tied to that in the honor of the, that slaying and, and uh, you know, the connection being uh, white supremacy. Um, and I saw conservatives were saying, you know, this is going to be used to... I don't know, uh, call our cops Nazis or something like that. And I didn't fully follow it. But it sounds, you know, I mean... Okay, I, so they're, they're not saying that, like, any mass shooting is an act of domestic terrorism. No, no, no. But... Uh, I can I, imagine some people would make that argument. And that's... But. The implicit argument is that, you know, uh, these are sort of domestic terrorism things, so we need to expand the role of the state to be able to prevent them. And again, like, it's not completely irrational if you can't do anything about the, the gun laws... Well, then, and, uh, you know, well, you just empower the state to, to snoop more. But that's pretty un-American. It probably won't pass, you know? Um, yeah, and could. obviously, I mean, so I'm, I'm generally against domestic terrorism bills. Yeah. Um, and that's mostly because, you know, post 9-11, I saw what that discourse did when it came to American Muslims and surveillance and... You know, once you start moving in that direction, you never know where it ends. There will be abuses. Um, and then um, it's just not a good precedent to set. And you never want to 
move in the direction of seeing your I mean, I think Republicans have reasonable concerns that, you know, there are some liberals who see like the Republican Party as basically um, like sort of like domestic terrorism adjacent. Like the Republican Party is basically the political wing of like white supremacy and white if white supremacists are domestic terrorists, Republicans are like, you know, the Sinn Féin of the IRA or whatever, or something like that. Where, where do you part? So way? I can where see. Do you, like, where do you part way with that view? <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? That's it for part one, dear listeners. If you're not yet a paying subscriber, head on over to wisdomofcrowds.live slash subscribe and become a paying member. In part two, Shadi and I mix it up some more, talking about our voting histories and whether it's okay to be a swing voter at times like these. Thanks a lot. See you in the second half.